Well, welcome everyone uh, for joining us for a bit of an extended session discussing mm. answers to questions that were brought up this Sunday at church, just gone. We were digging into 1 Corinthians, thinking about forgiveness and yeah. rather being wronged. And we just thought, why not, why not take some time to keep answering? There were so many questions and great ones. So Dave and I here to keep chatting. Mm. And um, yes, we've been praying beforehand that we would have an encouraging time. We grow together. So we, we, we pray that that would be the case for you as you join us. Mm. So Dave, let's not wait any longer. Let's get started questions <clears throat> this is the question i had to start oh, with, good, okay. is forgiveness and reconciliation the same thing is it possible to forgive someone but not have full reconciliation this side of heaven yeah uh, so no they're not the same thing yes and yes it is possible to forgive and not have reconciliation yeah this side of heaven tell us more oh do I, have to? <laughs> I thought we could just just stop there yeah so i think uh that reconciliation is a two-party thing mm. but forgiveness is a one-party thing mm. that is forgiveness is something i do I do forgiveness. It's something that happens within me mm. and I can forgive someone. I can choose not to be angry at them. I can choose not to hold over their head regardless of what they think about me or what they think of the relationship or whether I trust them or not. Mm. Uh, I think this is where one of the other things is that uh, you can have forgiveness, restored relationship and trust. And I think they're three separate things. Yeah. So uh, you can forgive someone and not trust them. Yes. And, that's, uh, and I think when you think about something like someone's an alcoholic, mm. it's... Uh, if you found them, or if someone's alcoholic, you might choose not to trust them with alcohol, mm. but you still love them. Mm. You still forgive them for the last time that they um, that they wrong themselves and others through alcohol abuse or mm. that type of thing. Mm. And so it's very possible to love someone, forgive them, and trust them. Mm. And the same way with a and, and and not trust them, I should say. In the same way, you can you can have a restored relationship with someone, saying we're good. I'm still not going to trust you in a particular way. I'm going to mm. I'm going to. I'm going to build trust over time. Mm. Uh, but I wonder if that's what a restored relationship looks like when mm. the other person does uh, acknowledge they're wrong and they admit to it and there's a mutual accepting and receiving of love mm. and that type of thing. That's reconciliation. Mm. Reconciliation depends on forgiveness. Mm. Definitely. Yeah. And so, uh, so as I've had this conversation with others, I think... That I think it's really helpful to get that idea that forgiveness is something I do. Mm. It's not something we do. Mm. That's not the same thing. Mm. Yeah. What do you think? Well, two parties can have wronged each other and both will be choosing to forgive. Yeah. But one's forgiveness isn't contingent on the other's forgiveness, for yeah. instance. Um, I guess I was thinking as you were talking how much when it comes to forgiveness, um, what we're talking about is a relationship breakdown and when there's relationship breakdown, th that has consequences. Mm. So when sin has occurred there is a consequence and we would never want someone to suggest that in forgiving someone you're saying there's there's no consequence here yeah. Th that's a separate thing again as that's well right. isn't it yeah that's mm. right and so this is where uh, i think uh, one of the things we were saying on on sunday is that um i don't think our world understands what forgiveness looks like mm. uh, it, it's got it's got the wrong it talks away it talks about forgiveness it either talks about as um as uh, I'll forgive you when you do something for me. When you yeah. make it up to me, then I'll yeah. forgive. So it's a it's a it, it's a transactional yes. forgiveness. And as Christians, we go that's that's not what God God doesn't wait for us to do something good and then mm. forgive yep. us. And then the other way that our world seems to think about forgiveness is of not too badness. <laughs> that is, uh, after some time, you've wronged me, but I've kind of grown as a person as a result of it, and it's actually led to this other thing that never could have happened. And so I kind of forgive you because it hasn't turned out that bad. Yes. And so we, we'd be we're okay with what's wrongs that have happened. Mm. That's the way the world kind of does forgiveness. But none, neither of those is how God forgives us. Yeah. Forgiveness is 
uh, is something that um, uh, we don't forget that it happened. We acknowledge it. We go, I have been wronged. Mm. I, this really hurt. Yes. And I have, I might have a right to be angry, but I'm going to choose to love. I'm mm. going to choose not to be angry. I'm going to ask God to take away my anger. I'm going to put it aside. I'm going mm. to work on my my bitterness. Yep. It really costs Absolutely. to forgive. Yeah. yeah. And that cost we we wear as the person who says, I've been wronged and I can accept that. Or within my perception of the situation, of course, yes. we always have, there are some things we can say, uh, there is an objectively, um, something has happened, a mm. sin has happened. But sometimes it's this interaction, was it positive in my life? I think this person has sinned against me. Mm. If they have, either way, I'm forgiving them. Yeah. Maybe I've perceived it wrong, for instance, in the, in the lighter matters. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I think, and I think it's helpful this kind of an aside that um, we can, I think there's, there should be lots of room for us as fallen Christians who have a limited perception of reality. Yes. We need to be really careful about passing complete judgment on uh, how we've been wronged. Yeah. Uh, what does that look like in your head? As uh, it, in your self-talk, as you're trying to deal with that yourself, yeah. what does that look like for you? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> the times I've been wronged, and I think that just opens a kettle of fish. Uh, that's not even a saying, is it? Um, the times I've been wronged, what I want to do is go, okay, I'm feeling really hurt. Yes. I'm feeling really angry, and I can point to particular things, uh, but almost always my emotional reaction colours the events that I remember. Mm. They, my emotional hurt and anger makes me read the situation and what I'd normally do and I think it was what, what what humans normally do is we see the action and we read motivation into it mm. we read a heart into it oh they intended to do this they were malicious as they did it mm. they wanted to hurt me that type of thing and that's all assumption and that's mm. things that we can't do God mm. makes those decisions so there's a bit a bit earlier in 1 Corinthians where Paul says don't judge anything until the appointed time when Jesus makes all things known mm. that's when you pass judgment and so even as we're wronged, we need to go, wow, I'm feeling really hurt here. Mm. But the reality is I actually don't know everything that's gone on. And I've got to be really careful mm. not, to, not to act and think that I understand everything about this. Mm. Essentially, mm. I'm feeling really hurt. Mm. And there might be really justifiable reasons for Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so it's not taking it away. I'm feeling really hurt. And there can be some objective circumstances, Absolutely. Yeah, situations yeah. that will have happened. Yeah. yeah, that's right. I find as well, when I'm thinking about this, I like to think about God as the one who see things, sees things clearly. I yeah. find that incredibly comforting when I'm wrestling with something and I think, oh, I'm, I know I'm biased as I approach this situation. Yes. I know nothing is hidden from God. He sees all things. I actually go to Psalm 139 in my head, that yeah, idea okay. that um, God could see the, the baby in the womb before mm. the mother even knew they mm. existed. Um, God can see at that level of detail into our hearts, into our minds. I'm confident that He sees, and I've just got to keep trusting that He sees. Mm. and and letting that not be how I perceive my perception of the situation. <laughs> I'm not God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And there's uh, an extension to that is going, uh, what I find in myself when I feel wronged, yeah. my desire, if someone wrongs me, my desire is to go to someone and say, this person wronged me like this, this person wronged me like that, and talk it through. And I feel this need to vent. I, I want to no, talk it process. through. Process. Process. <laughs> I process. Well, I think that's the thing that, uh, we call it processing, mm. 
but sometimes it's not. Yeah. And what I want to suggest is um, we have someone to process things to. Mm. Why don't I go to God with that? And to be honest, to be honest, because I wasn't, as I'm honest with myself, one of the reasons I'm hesitant to go to God when I'm angry and feeling hurt and I've been wronged is because I know God has seen all mm. and I, I can't push it. Mm. I, can't, um, I can't present a worse than situation mm. with God. I can with you mm. if I process out loud with mm. you uh, and you won't know. But with God, I have to be honest. Absolutely. And sometimes as well, when I'm doing that processing, I'm actually looking for comfort. Yeah. But but God is the God of comfort yeah. and we can start there. Let's yeah. start there. Okay. So we've dived yeah, right in. We've gone in. deep. <laughs> Let's go back from the, we started in the beginning thinking about reconciliation and forgiveness. We've mm. drawn out these themes of reconciliation and forgiveness, very different things. It's about a relationship. There's mm. been a breakdown. Sometimes there's elements of trust, like trust has been broken and how um, forgiveness is a responsibility of the forgiver. It's mm. one the one party. Reconciliation is two parties. We then thought about, okay, well, what does it look like to address forgiveness? We don't want to rush to finding another party who's just going to jump on board with us and agree with everything when we can't perceive perfectly. But I don't know if your mind was going there, but my mind was going there. In these moments where it really doesn't seem clear and when it seems really complex, and this was a question that someone asked, how, how do I work out how to deal with that other person. It's not me venting, I'm genuinely struggling to forgive this this other party. How do I work out when to get help, when to bring in that support? Mm. How do I do that? I think the words were, um, how do I discern when to let things go, when to bring things up with a brother or sister? Mm. When do I take that to another party? Things like that. Yeah, oh, that is, a good, that is a great question. So we'll have times where people wrong us. So someone will say something uh, at church or growth group that really grinds us the wrong way. It's, yeah. it's, it feels so offensive. And when it happens, no one says anything and you just oh. feel crushed. Oh. And so now at that point, you've got some choices. I can, well, one, I want to forgive. Mm. At the, the, that's, that's your baseline. That's the baseline. I want to be doing that. And so we can come back and talk about what that might actually look like. Mm. At what point do I raise it with that, that person and say, hey, do you know that that hurt me or mm. something like that? Or what point do I do I go to someone else and say, mm. hey, um, should I raise this with this yes. person? That is, uh, so that's kind of the thing we're, we're, we're wrestling with. Is yes, that right? Yes, that's right. Yeah. Uh, some thoughts on that. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I'm, I, I'm going to hear yours as well. <laughs> One of the ways I've dealt with that particular question is I've gone, hang on, if I was a member of the group and I watched that interaction happen, mm. Would I feel it right to go and speak to that person about the way they spoke to the third party? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, would I, as a third party, would I think that was wrong? Mm. Would I think that's something raiseworthy? Mm. Okay. So, because what that does, that removes me from, removes mm. me from. Uh, it takes me feeling like the the one that was attacked or whatever mm. it was. Mm. Uh, and so, and then it makes you think, well, hang on, I've actually seen this person do the same thing to others and I didn't think anything of it. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. This means I'm feeling particularly, mm. it's about me mm. rather than about them. Maybe I need to care more about how they, they treat other people. That's an example. Mm. Yep. Um, but thinking about it as a third party, would I be offended by what I saw if mm. I was not the victim, mm. if you like? Yep. If I would, if I look at that and go, actually, yeah, objectively, I would be concerned about that. The other kind of principle I've had is um, I'm reluctant to raise it until 
I can, until I feel comfortable standing before God saying, I've forgiven this. Yeah, right. That is, if I've got some beef with you, mm -hmm. I'm not going to do a good job of raising that with you until I'm very confident I have forgiven you completely mm. and I'm not holding any grudge, I'm not mm. holding bitterness. Because as long as I'm doing that, I'm going to do a bad job. Mm. I think I'm going to do a bad job mm. of raising that well with you. Mm. And so I can be patient. Mm. I, I think, wait, wait for the Lord, things don't need to happen, that sort of thing. So I think I'm leaning towards that kind of patience, yeah. that sort of thing. There will be times though where issues and um, incidents do need to get addressed. Mm. Yeah. And my sense would be, as you were talking, I was thinking, yes, we want to have patience, but particularly in issues of where there's a, a safety issue for yeah. anyone, we'd immediately want to be saying, we've been really clear with our safe ministry check training. If you're not sure how mm. to approach that, check that out, Re mm. refresh yourself about your principles around safety. Um, but, but I was also thinking as you were talking, um, I think God gets a lot done in our hearts and in the other person's heart. So I often will come to an interaction where I think, oh, I think that other person blundered. I really don't think that was good. I'm also praying that God's at work in them mm. while I'm praying for myself. Because like, mm. I'm confident yeah. if, the, if we're both Christians, because we're talking about a both Christian situation, yeah. he's at work in them by, their spirit, may, by the Spirit. Maybe that person's actually realize what's happened. Maybe they even feel remorse and regret. Um, and so I'm, I'm looking to see how God might be at work in that moment. Mm. And if I can't think of that on my own steam, it's time to dig into the Bible. So I try to think about times where, like Colossians 3, where we're, the model is um, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to the Lord together and Ephesians 4, growing up together. Like I try to remind myself, this is what church is. We're saved by Jesus. We're united. This person is not my adversary. They're not my enemy. They're not hating me. And even if they are, God's at work there too. Mm. But in most circumstances, it, it was a blunder, not a, you know, an attack. Yeah. <laughs> and this is where, if you've, that's your attitude, what that means, the, why would I raise this with this person? If this person made a blunder to, towards, towards mm. me and I felt the hurt of, of mm. that, what's the goal of raising it? Mm, good question, yeah. Because, yeah, I believe they've got the spirit the goal is not to let them know how hurt I am. Mm. That, that's actually not the goal. The goal is to help them love others. Mm. It, the, I'm actually removing my need for revenge, vindication, for even for their awareness of how much they've hurt me. I don't actually need any of that. Yeah. And that's so much, that, when I see this happen so often, what people do, they say, oh, I really think it's really important I raise this with you. And the whole reason they're wanting to raise it is to make the other person know how hurt I am. Yeah. And that's what they're doing. And that's not what the goal of the conversation is. Mm. If you love the person, you've forgiven them, the goal of the conversation is, hey, can I raise something with you that I found pretty hard, but I, I wonder if it's a way that you can love other people better. My yeah. intention for raising with it is to love you, is yeah. to help you. It's not to make you feel bad about the thing you've done to me. Yeah. As you're talking, it's making me think in Philippians of this picture of the other other person-centeredness. Mm. So I was just reading Philippians with someone yesterday and it was talking about how Epaphroditus was so concerned for the other and Paul was so concerned for the other and that this was modelled on Jesus, concerned for the other, so that in forgiveness, it has to ha it's, this has to soak deep down and it's costly, isn't it? Because oh, yeah. part of it is when you're forgiving someone, you're taking on this big responsibility to be mature and <laughs> like you're being mature, it's hard work. Mm. And so um, putting the, the needs of the church in front and the, the other person in front of you, it's, it's very costly. Yeah, yeah. And this is why the cross is such a great 
picture of what forgiveness is. Yes. The cross shows us that forgiveness hurts the yeah. forgiver. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. That, that's, that, that, that's what forgiveness looks like. Mm. It hurts the forgiver. Mm. And so God, our Father, who has forgiven us by the death of his Son, mm. calls us to forgive like he does. Mm. That's going to hurt. Mm. So let, let me give you an example. I, um, uh, I was in a conversation at, at, at one point where I was, I want to say, pretty savagely attacked. Okay. Okay. And, and I was hurt. I, I, I went home and this one. And so I went through this process of praying through this, this type mm. of thing. You know, okay, I'm not going to raise it with this person until I feel like my purpose for raising it is for their good. Mm. That took a long time. I'm talking years. Right, okay. And so and the thing was, when I got to the point of going, yeah, I'm not, uh, I've forgiven. I'm not feeling hurt. I'm, I, uh, this is not important. In the big scheme of things, I can take on, I can wear this and that's okay. Yeah, I don't think I need to raise it with this person, actually. Mm. I think it, yeah. I, it, it was weird. So I was so committed that this mm. was something I need to raise with this person. Mm. And then by the time I had worked through it, I real I looked back at myself and I wish I could have said I wish I could go back and say, You're not gonna raise this with the person. <laughs> it's gonna be okay. And uh, yeah, I think that was so helpful to yeah. to me. So that verse where it talks about love covers a multitude of sins. I, I think we wanna it hurts, but we wanna embrace that. Mm. Yeah. Christians are going to sin against each, sin against each other until we die. Mm. We, it's going to happen again and again. Yeah. I, I think when we raise stuff, we want to be really committed to going. This is something. This is going to be really helpful for you. Yeah. And not have an agenda in that. That's yeah. For ourselves. Yeah. So for the, for the person who's asked this question of how do we discern when to let things go, mm. we've really covered that over. But I reckon we've unleashed another question, mm. which is, and if if anyone's listening along, you might be having the same question as me, which is, but there seems to be a responsibility as well to for rebuke and um, for helping someone to not sin and particularly for preventing the harm of vulnerable people, mm. particularly in the church community, but in the world. Mm. So in the time it, it takes sometimes to forgive, injustice can be happening. So you come to this, this dis difficulty with preventing sin, preventing harm, preventing patterns of sin behaviour. Yeah. What do we do with that? Yeah, I, th I think you've just struck on something that I think is important. So when we see a behaviour, that the concern is this could be a pattern. Yeah, okay. That's key. And also, I think, a significance of sin. So um, if... Uh, so, you know, let's go to the, the, the really right down the other end. So if in a case where there's a concern of sexual abuse or something oh, like yeah. that, that is so significant. Hmm. Um, I want to say... Um, please talk to someone about that. Yeah. that that's something you, that we need to raise yes. for your sake and for the sake of others. It's, yeah. it's an important thing that we, the last we want is this to be a pattern. Yes. Uh, but, even, but even before that, this is a significant sin yeah. that um, uh, it, it comes back to that thing. If you saw this happen, mm. you would raise it. Mm. And so I, I hope that's the culture that we have, that yeah. if, uh, if someone saw me being verbally abused or something, that they would go, hey, that's not right. That's the not way acceptable. you've been treated isn't mm. right. Mm. And so uh, that's worth raising. Mm. 
Yeah. So I think there's that level of things. Mm. And so if, if, if someone's the victim of that, it's raisable. Mm. Like, please raise that because mm. we don't um, want that to be. That does kind of raise the question of, well, where's the line then? Yeah. And, and that's tricky. I think there's a few things. Any, um, any concern about significant harm to kids and, mm. and youth? anything there yeah. just a concern just mm. raise it mm. just and and that's one of the things that our this is one the law has been really good on that mm. the law has that line already in there mm. if you've got a concern about a child of um being significant harm mm. you should raise it and mm. if you raise it if there's a concern about that in church our safe ministry team will help you raise that with the authorities because mm. that's the the right thing to do yeah um but even if it's not a child um uh concerns of abuse concerns of abuse of power, mm. those type of things that we get. If you've got a, a serious concern about that, you should raise that. Mm. That's a good thing to do. Mm. Um, and if you're the one who is who, who that's happened against, we want you to raise that mm. because we want to be a community that doesn't treat each other yes. like that. Yes. So there is that difficulty of should I forgive? Yes, you should forgive. Mm. But that doesn't mean you don't raise it. Mm. Sometimes you'll choose not to raise it. Mm. So, so sometimes if there's a line, I don't know, it's hard to describe where that line is. Yeah. I know it's up here. Yeah, we've got principles essentially to help make a decision. Yeah, that's right. But we wouldn't want to ever give a line, would we? We no. wouldn't want to be really... That's right, because something could be just under that's under really important. Mm. Yeah. That's exactly right. I guess as you're talking, it's making me think about how, as Christians, we want the light of the gospel to shine in darkness. And we want to be a place where we say, we're not going to accept sin like the like yeast, you know, spreading through the dough. Mm. So Corinthians has been so helpful for that, hasn't it? Um, but at the same time, that's going to take a lot of discernment and wisdom. And um, yeah, we have clarity on so many of these things through our, our processes with safe ministry check, etc. Um, our safe ministry processes. I guess I was also thinking the Bible gives us categories of people who are vulnerable. Mm. And I think we can read. If you're not sure, get your Bible open. You can you can read more. You can think more in the text. And if you're not sure about that. Use Bible Gateway, look out, look out, have a look for some words like forgiveness or talk or trust or you know, mm. the words that you think are important, look them up. Mm. Um, so much work can be done in the text, don't you reckon? Yeah, that's yeah. right. Even on this, uh, one of the verses I was looking at just recently coming out of this was uh, that verse in Ephesians 4, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Mm. I think I'd always read that as relationally, mm. don't let the sun go down on your anger relationally until looking just at this passage in Corinthians again, thinking... Actually, no. Anger lives in here. Mm. It's not a it's not a two person thing. It's a one person thing. Mm. If I'm angry, God's saying, "Don't let the sun go down on your anger." That you might still have a relational issue with someone. Yeah, that's mm. fine. But give up your anger. Forgive. Mm. Do that now. That's mm. that's the attitude and the action of what 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 the Christians should be doing yeah. because of the way God has loved us. Yeah. We need to move on. Yes. Um, here's a question. Mm. <laughs> Christian stole my car. I have a Yaris. If someone steals it, it's quite well insured. I wouldn't mind. No, I'm joking. That's not true. It's currently parked at. <laughs> Difficult to replace with car supplies at the moment, so yes. don't steal my car. What if a Christian stole my car and they won't give it back? Should I just forgive? So we're really digging into now what came up from church on Sunday, that why not rather be wronged from 1 Corinthians. Thoughts? Yeah. Uh, why not just forgive? Uh, I One, when we go extreme, wouldn't that be a lovely picture? of extreme love, extreme Christian love that goes, well, let's forgive. So at one sense, I want to say, full stop, forgive. Mm. 
but I do think we come back to the conversation we just had about someone steals a car. That's a significant sin. Yeah. I think that's something that we'd want to see repentance about. Mm. If, that is, if, you, if it wasn't your car that was stolen and you found out that my car got stolen by someone at church, what would you want them to do? Mm. See, that, that's where it's not, you're not the wronged party. Mm. You're, you've, you're got a much clearer view of what, mm. sh- what should happen. Mm. You would want them to repent. Mm. And so that's where we bring in the church. Mm. And we go, hey, I've been wronged here in this. I'm happy to forgive, but I think this Christian brother has done or sister has done something hmm. that as a church, we want to encourage them to forgive, to, re- to repent. Yes. Yeah. We want to, we'd love to see reconciliation. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I think as well, um, if, a, if a Christian stole my car, my first instinct as I read this question was, well, we've got to pray for them because they're they're at risk, they're sinning. Yeah. And we know that sin is bad for a Christian mm. for their spiritual life. And so part of it, I, I, I think um, I would want to encourage people to go to think, how much further can I go in love? Yeah. Um, maybe seeking the person out and saying, what has brought you to this situation where you've stolen my car? Mm. Now, of course, that's an, a really idealized response. Yeah. But why not think about, oh, someone is so desperate to steal a car or in such a state that they stole the car, what does extreme, abundant love look like here? Because yeah. um, that's what the church does. That's right. And that's what God does for us. Yeah. Um, he just blesses. And I, I guess I'm picturing the, the blessing of the feeding of the 5,000, like multitudes of food. And it's a completely different anal- like a story, of course. The situations are completely different. But I just think we see so much of God's abundant love. And so I would want, rather, well, than, yeah. rather than saying, do I have to forgive? Mm. It's... How could I love mm. this sinful brother? Because what we would want is if, say, I had a child and that child said, I don't love you, mummy. You know, something kind of that gets you in your heart because you really don't want the child to say that, but you know they love you. Um, you would want to look at that child and think, okay, heart of forgiveness, but also abundant love. Mm. Go above and beyond in my love for this person who just needs to be loved right now, even though they've been sinful towards me. Is that principle not the same in yeah. so many cases? Yeah. yeah, and again, that's how God's loved us. We were dead in sins and transgressions. Yeah. And in grace, God abundantly poured out his love on us and raised us up with Christ and seated us in the heavenly realms with every, every spiritual, spiritual blessing. blessing. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, we've gone from mm. those who have wronged gods, wronged God, yeah. all the way through to being adopted as his sons and inheriting mm. the universe mm. with him. That's where, where we are. And so that response is so Christian to go, oh, wow. Yeah. Um, uh, this poor person who yeah. needs to steal my car or even thinks it's okay to steal my car. There's yeah. so much I want to love about this yeah. person. Yeah. My possessions are kind of beside the point. And yeah. I think that's what Paul means when he says, why not rather be wronged? Yeah. You, you possessions. Yeah. What, what are you wearing possessions for? You belong to Jesus. He owns mm. the universe. Mm. I'm also thinking about the person who stole the car. What would we want for the person who stole the car, Dave? In terms of, we're, we're talking a lot about forgiving the wrong party Mm. but perhaps we could just quickly flip it not Mm. spend a heap of time on it but quickly flip it and think about what about the person who has sinned who really objectively has done the absolutely wrong thing what would we want from them well we'd from them we'd we'd love repentance yeah we'd love them to be acknowledging their sin Mm. and um restoring Mm. that type of thing Mm. uh it's interesting the old testament talks a lot about when you if when that does happen there's this uh, expectation of restore and mm. you restore and you give back at 
one-fifth of the value on top of it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yes, of course. Yeah, and the Leviticus, something around 22-ish, something like mm. that, uh, which is, yeah, I, it's interesting. I think it shows something about how God's uh, justice is bigger than what we can imagine. But mm. anyway, uh, so we'd want, we'd love that, that to happen. But ultimately, what we want them is to be restored with God. Mm. That is, when someone sins against me, that's bad. But when they sin against me, they're actually sinning against God. Mm. The, the, the sin bit is mm. rebelling against God. We want them to be right with God. Mm. And so we want them to take that to God and seek mm. forgiveness from Him. Mm. Yeah, rely on Him. Yeah. I'm also thinking about, say, there is a situation where we've had the Christian who's had their car, car stolen, the Christian who's stolen the car, and all of these things we've just talked about have happened. This is where the church also can be part of, of this relationship where a wrong has occurred. The person who's been wronged is, is seeking to forgive. The person who has wronged is seeking to restore and repent. Repent and restore, I should say, in that order. Um, and the church is looking to support the person who hasn't got the car, who needs a car now. The person who's stolen the car, looking to bring them back into the fellowship. Like The spirit and the reality of the gospel changes so many of that interactions where the world would say, stole the car, cut them off. Yeah. Stole the car, cut them down. They stole the car, no one can be their friend. Blacklist them, cancel just get rid of them. And the church could be so different in this. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I think just uh, this. I think you see this in the letter of Philemon yes. and the letter of Colossians. Yes, yes, yes. So yes. what's cool is the letter of Philemon and the letter of Colossians were both delivered at the same time mm. to the house of Philemon about Philemon's slave who stole money and ran away, yeah. became a Christian, and then and then <laughs> uh, and then uh, not Titus. I can't remember who it is. Uh, I can't remember either. I think Picicus comes back yeah. with Onesimus, um, the slave, yeah. yep. comes back to the house and to Philemon and introduces his slave and says, read this letter from Paul because he's not your slave, he's now your brother. And the cool thing is at Philemon, the Colossian church met at Philemon's house. Yeah. And so as they got the church together, they would have read that. that Both letters. Yeah. And we read Colossians, and it changes the way you read Colossians when it talks about slaves and masters yeah. and forgive the one who's wronged you. Because I can kind of imagine everyone's looking at everyone's Onesimus. Like sideways, eye glance, it's and, happening. And Philemon, <laughs> and going, he stole from you, and now he's back here. And, and Paul is calling on the church to yes. love Onesimus, Onesimus as a brother, yeah. even though he's done this thing. And yeah. yeah, it's great. It's really cool. Oh, I love it. We're running out of time. We are. Okay. Um, this is an important question. Okay. Um, and very serious given the wrongs and evils that have happened in Christian churches mm. in the past. Um, do you think seeking justice can be compatible with forgiveness? For example, a Christian victim of child sexual abuse suing the church can be empowered by obtaining justice and an apology. Wow, that is, that is a huge question, isn't yeah. it? Uh, there, uh, I, 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 there, there can be a place for that. What's mm. interesting is that uh, insurance requires a lawsuit. Okay. And so for, uh, for the sake, there might be some, some circumstances. So I've spoken to a church where they did, where something happened and the church said, oh, well, we've got an, like someone was injured doing something at church something, okay. and the church said oh well we've got insurance and we'll that pay. type of thing yeah. we'll pay and the insurance company said well he's got to sue you that's the only way this triggers okay. and so they had to go oh this sucks okay well okay you take us to court and we'll do this and yep. that type and of thing and then you can get some money yeah to help you so uh, so there may be a circumstance mm -hmm. like that i think there's definitely a circumstance of uh, what was the word that they used uh, seeking seeking justice. justice i think uh, this is where 
we do live in a country that's, that has a good justice system here. And so reporting to police mm. when there's been child, child sexual, sexual abuse, abuse and all that type of stuff is, is an important step that we want to be good citizens mm. of, of our country and our state mm. and, and, and participate in, in that. Mm. Uh, and so I think there's, there's definitely a role for that within mm. the church that I don't think contradicts the idea of forgiveness mm. because you can take someone to court for whom you forgive. Mm. That, that's where that trust and, and reconciliation, that you can go through this process, this legal process that has been, mm. s- been, s- been set up while still being in a relationship where you offer forgiveness to mm. this person. Mm. I think we actually saw that. So there was a shooting at a church in the States where uh, members of the church testified about what happened yeah. as this person came in and shot, and in their, t- their testimony expressed forgiveness, forgiveness. towards the oh, person who, God. yeah. And mm. so they're taking the court, they're going through the due criminal process mm. while extending forgiveness. And mm. yeah, that's beautiful. Mm. That's, that, that we can see that those two things are moderate odds is really helpful. Mm. Yeah. Other thoughts? I think mainly the question coming to my mind is, it's this final question I think of the the dealing with things in house versus out of the house. And so this our last question, Mm. in resolving conflicts in house, is there a danger of abuse in relationships and power imbalances? And how does living out Jesus' teaching on reconciliation play itself out in HBC and other churches? And I think that really does fit with this question Mm. where um, whatever approach we would want to have when it comes to significant harm that's perpetrated by a Christian or a church, we would never want to have any kind of cover-up or in-house treatment of that um, situation where the law says it's to be reported um, and where we can see that the law has structure in place to Mm. help that person and to seek justice. Mm. Um, I I just don't... There's just been so much wrong done in the name of of covering up and keeping things quiet. What I am comforted by is that God sees all and he knows all and... Um, that also daunts me as well, of course, because, you know, um, <laughs> you know who's been rescued. But I guess I would want our church to have a confidence that God sees and that when we go to the um, police and report something, that we can trust our God is in control while still going to do that. That's right. So mm. a few things there. No earthly justice is true justice. Mm. So even going to police and seeking uh, legal restitution, that type of thing, is never justice. Mm. Like, it's an attempt for justice, and that can be good. It's good to Very good. attempt justice, yeah. but I think we have to begin by recognising only perfect true justice comes from God, and he will yeah. deliver that. And so we do this as a shadow looking forward to what Jesus will yeah, bring that's a great in point. the end. Yeah. And so we don't put our hopes in it. I think that's the thing I want to say, is if we get in that situation, do not trust the legal process or even the in-house church process for justice, mm. because justice is something that only God can do perfectly, mm. and we can only do imperfectly now, mm. that we want to strive for it. Mm. I think the other thing to say is, um, as we escalate things, if there are things that happen, um, there are things I think is right to do in church, the way Paul, t- Paul talks about it, we should, yeah. let's try to... I was clear on that. Yeah, th- if there's a dispute or something, um, it's right to get that reviewed in-house. I think it's really helpful to go, if there's a dispute where between say a staff member and someone within church, a significant dispute, you know what mm-hmm. I mean, uh, where some uh, there's been a wrong done that's mm-hmm. not sexual or that realm of things, but yep. some wrong. Yeah, it's comp- I think a really appropriate way to deal with that is to ask a Christian outside the church mm. to help mediate that. Mm. So uh, so that they are not so there is not the concern of 
the bias towards the leader and yeah. Yeah, that yeah. type of thing. And so but we've actually, in our processes for dealing with concerns within church, mm. that is one of the steps mm. that's, that's written in there, mm. that if there is a concern with uh, where a leader has, um, has, has not behaved within the code of conduct with someone beneath them in a significant way, that we'll appoint someone outside the church yeah. to help them mediate that. Yeah. I love that because what it's essentially saying is the Bible here is clear that we, we as brothers and sisters, help each other work through um, conflict and sin, particularly with our leaders. And so we're going to bring other people in. We're going to trust that God's going to work through those Christian brothers yeah. or sisters. Yeah. Okay. Well, Big talk. Very big talk. <laughs> Any final thoughts before we wrap up? Uh, I would just love to see... Uh, Christians loving one another in a ways that the world is astounded by. Yeah. I think that's that's one of the things. When Jesus says, uh, by this may all men know that you're my disciples, that you love one another, it's not simply that you're nice to each other, it's that when you're not nice to each other, you love one another. Yeah. That, uh, that love is seen even when we're wronged. Yeah. That, that's a picture that I want. That, um, if the world could see that, I think that'd be great. And so we need to be that as well. Yeah. And, I've, and haven't you seen God answer those prayers for love, loving hearts and loving attitudes and forgiving hearts so many times? We, will, we, yeah. we trust a, a God who does the work in us and by his word and his spirit. So I'm excited to see how that, you know, plays out in church because God does that work. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Thanks, Joe. This has been good. Yeah. Talk to you another time. Yeah. <laughs>